Cider and Gitan, falling in love with France. Dark, flat sheets of cloud hung in the sky above me. By the time I got to Daniel's, they belched rain and I could hear the snarl of thunder. Daniel lived in a poor bit of Bordeaux, in an old apartment with his family, an angry father who swore through every meal, his bird-like grandma with her floral housecoats and heavily penciled eyebrows, and his large, silent grandpa, who never said anything except to ask for the salt. I was working as an au pair at a small family-run zoo outside Bordeaux. Daniel was my boyfriend and the zookeeper. I often had supper at his place. On this stormy day, the film star Romy Schneider had died. Grandma was in tears. In honour of Romy, a bit more money than usual had been spent. There was oeuf mayo and leek vinaigrette, a hunk of beef pot roasted with tomatoes and carrots and cut into soft slices, salad and roquefort. The bathroom in that apartment was housed in a few sheets of corrugated iron and had a rickety door. It was a demarcation rather than a room. The family wasn't well off and yet food was always prepared with care. Grandma continued to sob, looking through her Romy Schneider cuttings and we quietly ate baked pears. My time in Bordeaux was my second experience of France. The first was an exchange trip when I was 15. The parents in my host family both worked, but every day culminated in a good dinner. The mother would arrive home with fresh pizza dough, ready to be knocked back, finished with a homemade topping and baked. Or a friend would turn up for supper with an apricot tart she'd made on her afternoon off. Cooking was even more important when we went for a month to the father's home village, tiny La Motte en though they called it La Motte en Paradis, and it was indeed paradise. Every day revolved around the preparation of meals. Clotilde, my counterpart, would start thinking about what to cook for lunch as soon as we'd finished breakfast. Would we do brochette of lamb? What herb would we put in the vinaigrette today? Salad leaves were carefully washed, then swung in a metal basket outside. The drier the leaves, the better the vinaigrette would cling to them. Provisions were delivered in various vans, the cheesemongers and greengrocers negotiating the dirt tracks that wound between the houses. You could smell the mobile fromagerie before it had parked. I was astonished that the greengrocers sold summer fruits not in paper bags or punnets, as in Britain, but in pallets. At home, my mum counted out strawberries, dividing them equally between me and my siblings. In France, there were glistening tarts piled high with raspberries and people bought stone fruits by the tray. Clotilde and I spent afternoons at her grandma's going through ancient copies of Elle, marking up the dishes we wanted to try. Grandma taught me how to make tarteau pomme with a filling of eggs and creme fraiche. Clotilde's brother showed me how to make perfect crepe. I loved supper at their aunt's house. Meals there always began with crudité and charcuterie. This spread, accompanied by baguette with a crust that shattered when you broke it, seemed the best way to start any meal, and Paris-Brest, which was often purchased, the best way to end it. My love for that caused shameful transgressions. It was kept in the sideboard, under a cloth, and I would steal slivers between lunch and dinner. When I got caught red-handed, the father smiled. 
C'est bon le gâteau, eh, Diana? Back at home, my dream of France was nurtured, fed by films. Truffaut, Chabrol, and especially those by Eric Romer. I like dramas in which nothing happened except talking and looking and longing. Books and cooking. For years, my notebook of Dishes to Cook was full of French regional classics, and many of my fantasy meals were served on checked tablecloths with a Jacques Brel soundtrack. In my 20s, I covered almost the entire country with Patricia Wells' Food Lover's Guide to France as my companion. I read about places I couldn't afford, or that were so out of the way that I would never find them. The book sent me to a farm in Normandy where they made their own cider and served it with platters of ham and eggs and to a hotel with a cupboard housing 50 kinds of jam. In a small inn on the French Swiss border where the air smelt of cool grass, I had a cloud of cheese souffle and perfectly cooked trout for dinner, then couldn't sleep because of the tinkling of cowbells. I lay in the dark thinking how wonderful it was not to be able to sleep because of the sound of cowbells. I could have chosen a meal from any bit of France, but the most accessible areas, once I was living in London, were Normandy and Brittany, and later the coast by La Rochelle. For years, I went to the French seaside at Easter. A trip to Normandy always meant a meal at Les Vapeurs in Trouville, an art deco brasserie with paper tablecloths, swift skinny waiters and teetering towers of fruits de mer on avalanches on crushed ice. I couldn't afford the platters then, but I was happy with the pot of mussels cooked in cider, enriched with Normandy cream. Brittany meant buckwheat crepe, more cider and a wilder coastline. It's a place set apart from the rest of France, harsh and no-nonsense, less romantic. Lunch there was oysters and sourdough from a stall on the roadside. Supper, a roll-your-sleeves-up affair where you tucked into crevettes and crab claws. The salty tang of seaweed and the aroma of caramelised sugar from mobile crepery hung in the air. There was a time when good food meant French food. To me it still does, though now you have to know where to find it. In France, as elsewhere, Food has become industrialised. The country has lost its influence, partly because in the area of haute cuisine, Spain flexed its muscles, then the Nordic countries, though Western chefs still rely on French technique more than any other. My kitchen, like that of many cooks, is now full of Middle Eastern grains and Asian spices. Travel has opened doors. Interest in food has increased. But at the same time we take the old and the familiar for granted, there's a tendency to love the new, whatever is now. Classic French food is both simple and complex. The dishes appear to be easy, but you have to pay attention. Dishes have harmony and what the French call volupté, meaning they please the senses. A lot of modern food, in contrast, can be cerebral and austere. The elements sit on the plate but don't quite come together. A good friend who is a restaurant critic, often says, whatever happened to deliciousness? Then we daydream about a perfectly dressed green salad, cassoulet and tartata. Even though I'd already learned a lot in our kitchen at home in Northern Ireland, France was the first place that showed me the joy that cooking could bring me, both in the process and in the dishes I could put on the table. 
it pretty much made me a cook. So France is where we're going first. <laughs>